Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome, everybody, to the 192nd episode of the Stone Cold Silver Podcast. Reza, you've been a busy boy. Yep. Tell us tell us what you've been up to. Where have you been? What are you doing? Why are you not home playing Fortnite with me? Um, we wouldn't be playing Fortnite anyway, let's be real. Um, I, I find that very hurtful I've been, and very true. Very true. I've had a really busy summer, like travel-wise. So I did talk about this in the past. Um, Lena and I were heading... We headed to Florida to St. Pete Beach, which is where we got married a year ago. And we did it as a uh, kind of an early anniversary uh, gift to ourselves. I think back in Christmas time, the hotel is actually the hotel next door to the one that we were be- that we were going to be hosting our wedding. But we were actually going to host a, a family or not even a family, like a, a brunch at this hotel, Serata um, uh, Beach Resort. Uh, in St. Mm-hmm. Beach. So they were doing some discount, like 25% off, uh, off of rooms, uh, during, during like, uh, I think it was, I guess it was really like most, most times throughout the summer. So we booked it, um, in August because it was just a relatively convenient time. No weddings, no other travel, traveling that we were supposed to be doing. Little did we know that there was this wedding that's coming up next weekend. Uh, so we flew down, uh, from Saturday, which was, the 11th and we were gone till the 15th Wednesday yesterday. Uh, and it's really relaxing. It was really, it was really nice. So I'll just kind of break down the trip for you. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you some of the points. Good. So like I said, flew down on, on a Saturday morning and we, I think we, I think we took off like at 7 a.m. So it was a really early flight. Um, but you know, gotta, gotta love TSA pre-check. Even if there is no line, it's still super convenient just to not have to, not have to like mess with your stuff. Don't have to take your laptop out. Don't have to like. Oh, hundred percent. Don't have to take your jewelry off. Don't have to take your shoes off. I forgot about the shoes part. That one's really inconvenient. Yeah. Um, there's time before TSA pre-check global entry and time. Yeah, you know, time. Oh, I said that wrong. You know. No, I, mean. I know what you mean. Ah, you know what I mean, dude. And and uh, ha- I don't know if you have you have you ever tried to book a flight and book on an airline and realize that they don't do TSA pre-check. Has that made you reconsider that booking? Uh, when when do you find that out? Because I haven't had an issue where they don't do it. Some airlines just don't, so you can find out anytime as long as you like. If you're if you're booking, you know, uh, so we'll say Qatar Airways, for example, they don't do it, which was a surprise for me. Oh. Um, like not a surprise when I got to the airport. Like, wait, they don't do it. I, I found out sometime before, but I think that that may have even been before I had TSA pre-check when I booked that flight. And yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, again, a lot of times, a lot of times the, the security, especially at, at some of these, depending on the, depending on the airport, but some airports are pretty good and you, you're just like, you'll just fly through security. It's not that big of a deal, but the process of just having to like take your shoes off and take your laptop out the back. It's just, it's just an added level of inconvenience that TSA pre-check alleviates. So. Anywho, uh, um, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, really, really smooth flight slept about half of the flight. Um, and we landed at 9 a.m. And so Lena booked through her, um, 
through her jobs hertz account and then she like just switches the credit card to her her personal credit card but with that she gets the perks of the of their of their account so she gets access to hertz's president's president circle which is so basically you, you arrive at the at the airport and you don't have to go to the the hertz counter you literally just walk to the parking garage you walk to the area that says president circle and you get in a car and you drive it you, you leave like you don't speak to anybody until you get to the um the ticket like uh the the checkout stand in the parking garage oh uh, okay yeah okay so it makes it super convenient but then the, like the cars that, are, that they have available um they're also like you know upgraded or whatever so we pay we pay the price of like a compact car but we ended up getting uh an infinity q60 um so that was pretty nice. I didn't drive it, Whoa. but it was, it's, it's Whoa. pretty nice. Like it's, it's like a, I guess it's, it's like a $40,000 car. I think I'd say it's probably comparable to like a, I'm looking it up right now. Okay. It's probably comparable to like a low to mid tier BMW, maybe like a BMW three series in terms of, of, uh, like quality in terms of the luxury. So, uh, it's a, it's a coupe. Yeah. Two door coupe. Yeah. So coupe. <laughs> yeah. So we drove that. Uh, it's, it's nice and red. Starting at thirty nine nine fifty. There you go. I'm a, I'm a build my I'm a build my Q sixty <laughs> while you keep telling well, me the story. You. All right. So we uh, we drove down to meet one of um, Lena's uh, her mom's like they have, they have family friends. So they used to be they used to live in Delaware. They moved down to Florida. They're about like two hours I think outside of Tampa. So we kind of met halfway. I don't I don't even remember the city where we met. I think it was actually more they they probably drove like three quarters of the way where we drove like a quarter of the way but regardless we met up at this place called kiki's for breakfast it was really good uh i had uh this apple cinnamon anytime somebody says kiki i know i know that's the funny thing we were there we walked in there was a there was a decent wait for uh there was a decent wait to get in and as we were like standing there there were these people leaving that started singing that started uh singing like kiki yeah so oh (laughs) Were they any good? I don't know. It wasn't like actually. It doesn't matter. No, they were just doing the song. They weren't like yeah. singing the song. They were just doing the song, you know? Yeah. Um, so we hung out for, we, we hung out there for a while. We were just talking about whatever. They have a, they have a daughter who makes YouTube videos. And I, I actually don't remember her channel right now, but she has like a hundred some thousand subscribers. And she does a lot of like speaking. Like she does a lot of like, uh, talks, I guess at universities all around the world. So she's like constantly traveling and stuff, but she doesn't have, she doesn't have like a home base, you know, like she can, she doesn't need to live in any specific city because she's traveling so much. So it was just kind of interesting to hear about that. Um, and it was like pouring rain while we're at, while we're, while we're having this conversation. So we were thinking about leaving at some point, but I think I was the only person who brought an umbrella in and we're like, well, we don't need to leave. We, you know, we're not in a rush. So we just like chilled for like probably a good hour and a half there. I want to say before we left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, the hotel that we booked, we booked it initially for Sunday night, I think, or sorry, Sunday to Wednesday. And of course, this is Saturday that we're there. So the reason we did it, uh, the reason why we got there a day early is because the flights were just a lot cheaper or maybe even the same price. And we decided let's just go on Saturday. And stay at a different hotel and then just go to the resort on Sunday. So we just stayed at a La Quinta and we didn't really have anything to do this day, like other than uh, meet up for brunch. So got to the hotel, uh, checked in, 
I can't even remember what we did. I guess we probably just like showered and whatever and decided to catch a movie. Uh, actually, I know what we did. We watched Americans. We watched, we probably watched like an episode or two of the Americans. We've been watching that a lot lately. And, nice. and so I brought my laptop and HDMI cord, just connected it to the TV and dragged, you know, extended the monitor, dragged it over and we watched like an episode or two. And we check movie pass a lot when, you know, when we're traveling, uh, when we're home. You know, through, as much as we've talked about, I guess it's pretty obvious. So we were we were checking it, and we saw that there was a um, an e ticketing theater that was probably like less than five miles away. Dude, I love how many e ticketing theaters you've experienced because I have experienced. None I enough. think this is actually just my second. I think I did one in L.A., but I can't even remember for sure if we did it or not. If we, I can't even remember if we did it if we did the e ticketing one or if we decided to like last minute to go to like an AMC. Uh, okay. Right. But we've never done it here. We've never done it um, at home because the closest one's in Philly. So it wouldn't really be worth it to drive like an hour to catch a movie unless we're there. So it was super convenient. So um, it's like, because it's, it's it's not just e-ticketing, but you can also reserve your ticket. Or sorry, you can reserve your seat from the app. And so you can book your ticket at any time of the day. You, you literally just go to the theater and they have like two, they, the theater has like two lines. And I was telling Lana, I was like, I'm almost surprised. There were, the line that we were going to was uh, a, like a pick up, pick up your ticket spot. It was yep. super streamlined. So unlike Regal or AMC or anywhere else that has a kiosk that has like the pickup ticket and then swipe your credit card that you used to pay for the, tri- for, that you used to pay for the purchase or pay for the tickets and then get your tickets. This was literally a, um, these were like four or five, um, I guess like QR scanners that you took your phone up to. It scanned it and it printed your ticket immediately. And then you left. And everyone in this line was using Movie Pass. And there were like 20 people in front of us, but it was super quick to get through. You literally just walked up, made sure the barcode was open and visible on the app. You stuck it underneath and it printed a ticket. And I was, I was, I was like, they don't have the word Movie Pass written anywhere over here. But everyone in line, like you can see everyone's phones are out. They're all at MoviePass. So I don't know if they have another, like, uh, I don't know if they have their own, if they had their own app, this theater. It's like uh, Goodrich something theaters. I can't even remember what it was. But uh, there's, it, apparently they're relatively popular in the Midwest. I think they have like 20 theaters total. But then they had the one in uh, the Tampa area. So we decided to see eighth grade, but before we, before we went, we decided to, uh, to catch dinner. So we went to uh, Chick-fil-A and I was, uh, I was super excited. Right. But I told you about this challenge. I don't think I told, I don't think I mentioned on the, the podcast. There's a challenge at my CrossFit gym for the month of August and they have three challenges. The first is work out at the, at the gym once per week. Right. That, that yep. one's easy enough. You're paying like a hundred some dollars. You better be going, you better be going, you better be once going. a week. The other Although I'm not, I haven't been going to Equinox, did I tell you? No, no, I didn't. Well, because I, uh, I got three strikes, so I can't book classes. What? Yeah, it's dumb. How did you get three um, strikes? I overslept. It's, I mean, it's it's not something that I'm proud of. But so if you if you miss a class, you get a strike. You get a strike. Three strikes within thirty days, or thirty strikes within ninety days, boost you out for thirty days. Wow, they they boot you from the gym, or they boot you? They don't. They don't boot. No, they boot you from the from ability classes. to. To like, uh, what's it called? RSVP a spot in the class. Damn. Can you still attend a class if you go and there's no one and someone doesn't show up? You can still go. You can sign up when you go to the gym. Oh, uh, okay. Um, 
so but what i've done is just i just been running a lot more yeah yeah which is what i should be focusing on anyways it's just sometimes tough thinking like i'm paying 200 and yeah change for the gym and i'm not going as much yeah interesting that sucks sorry to hear yeah. that yeah anyways go ahead yeah how's wait real quick how strict are they with with uh the, like your check-ins like can you be like you know two three minutes late or nope okay you gotta be at your know, right on very time. latest you gotta be right on time got it Basically a minute before the time. Yeah, they're they're pretty. They say they're strict at my CrossFit gym, but they do allow you to still come in. They're suppo- they're technically not supposed to allow you in if you arrive, you know, any any later than on time. Today, like I don't like being late, so I'm always trying to get. I usually get there like either right on time or like a minute early. Um, but today I was heading in, and there was a train that uh that showed up on the train tracks just before the gym. And it wasn't like a long train or anything. It was literally just like an engine attached to another engine on the other side. I see this happening every now and again. I don't know why. But regardless, it made me miss my light. So I was like a minute or two late to class. That's the latest I've been in a while. Um, but I'm also not going to 5 or 6 a.m. classes like you. So, yeah, workout at the gym once per week. The next part is workout 16 days during the month of August, which is pretty intense. That's 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 a workout... It's not too intense, really. I guess it's no more than what I try to do anyway. It's working out uh, every other day, but one day in the month you'd have to work out, you know, back to back. Not too bad, but I am behind on that, especially with this travel. So now I got to like, now I got to figure out some days either go to CrossFit a couple of days, like a couple of days in a row, which I generally don't like to do. I usually like to have a, a, a space, you know, skip a day. Um, but I'll probably just like start running a little bit more to make up for that. And then the last one is eat three fistfuls of veggies every day. Now, this one is a little difficult, especially when you're on vacation because you, you know, you decide spur of the moment, Hey, let's just pop into Chick-fil-A. It's right there. You know, it's, it's on the way to the theater and you got your mindset on the spicy chicken sandwich and you decide, Hey, you Carolyn know. would be, <laughs> Carolyn would be all aboard for any Chick-fil-A runs. Dude. Uh, that you guys go on. Not to say that that wouldn't be, yeah. but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I had never, I don't think I'd ever eaten at Chick-fil-A. Um, at least a proper Chick-fil-A. We did have a, we had like a Chick-fil-A almost express on campus. That was kind of garbage in my opinion. Uh, yeah. but I had never been we to a one. proper Chick-fil-A, um, till I started dating Lena. Okay. So I'll, I'll blame so she, her. She, uh, it was like right so up the street from her, is, from her mom's house. What you're saying is you did not know the way. N- no, I did not. So, we're staying in line and it's like, well, you know, I really want that sandwich, but I haven't had any veggies today and this is going to be the last meal of the day. So we got to get a salad. So, um, I appreciate the challenge for that. Just kind of making the, the smart decision. But at the same time, it's like, man, I'm on vacation, dude. I shouldn't be doing this stuff. Um, anyway, we saw, we, we saw eighth grade and, uh, it was really good. Very much recommend it. I'm generally not a huge fan of like coming of age films. Like, which I guess is kind of unfair to say because I did like Lady Bird. I liked Moonlight. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess I just think that maybe it's just too, it can be too much. Like, I'm not trying to see too many movies like that in a short period of time, you know? Um, makes sense. But makes sense. The eighth grade is really good. I really liked it a lot. I definitely recommend it. Um, and it was, it, it's funny because while I have, while I, tend to like when i think about high school i think about the last like year or two when i was a lot when i like opened up a lot more i wasn't as shy watching eighth grade just reminded me of how i was in in eighth grade and and middle school as a whole how shy i was and how 
how much of a struggle it could be at times to like make friends. And I think y- you and I both had this experience moving to a new, to a new, uh, not, not even just like a new city, but like a new state and having to make friends again. And that added like that extra, uh, that added difficulty, especially at that age when people are much more like clicky and less likely to like open up for more, for, uh, to, to new people. And even if they are, I don't want to say like people at Unionville want to say we're pretty, we're pretty good about that, but there's, it's still like a level of, of like discomfort that I had when it, when it came to like joining these new groups of people, because I just, you know, they were so close and I was coming in with, you know, with nothing. So I, I just, I guess just watching that movie just kind of reminded me of those times, which I haven't really reflected on in years. Right. That's fair. That's fair. That makes me, I still definitely want to see eighth grade. Um, even though I know that, you know, the coming of age thing isn't really your cup of tea. Uh, but man, I just feel like, again, seeing movies, I don't want that to feel like an obligation. And I think what movie pass has done has really made movies feel like an obligation. Um, just to feel like you're getting your money's worth. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to do my best, excuse me, to, uh, to still balance and maintain like the, the love that I have of going to the movies. Yeah, you might have to get rid of it, man. Especially with all the changes that have been made lately, and you know the the up to six movies are really just two movies that might be available per day, and it's up to them to decide how many of those they're going to support. It just might You're not be worth right. it for you. Like, yeah, the, I don't think it might be. The I mean, I'm I'm on the brink of canceling that the the five dollar the the discount Tuesdays. I can't really call it five dollars. The discount Tuesdays that are available at, at a lot of theaters around me, at least. It just makes, yeah, I'll be a little bit more selective about which movies I can see, but I'm already only able to see three movies a month with Movie Pass anyway. What's the, is it, what's that $5 difference? So, I don't know. Yeah. It's up in the air still. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, after that, we, uh, went, went back to the hotel, probably watched an episode of Americans or maybe, or else we just f- fell asleep. I don't even remember. Uh, Sunday, we uh we left La Quinta and we headed to Avenger Island, which is a water park just outside of Tampa. Um, mm-hmm. we got there. We left kind of late, so um, and we we got brunch at this. Uh, it's it's kind of a chain restaurant. It's called First Watch. There's a decent amount of them in Florida, though. It's a uh, uh, but we ate there in Indianapolis, with right before my brother's wedding, actually. But they're uh, they're really good. I definitely recommend it if you're around there. Um, got to Avenger Island probably around one. And the reason why I say I guess we we should have got there earlier is because their off season hours like kicked in maybe like this week, and they close at five. So we only had like four hours to do it to do stuff. And this is the first time I'd ever been to a water park, so we were trying to do as much as we possibly could. Um, so we get to like the first get to like the first ride. Like there's no like we're we're not we're like very focused. We get in there and we're like, all right, let's find a map, find a map. Look for, look for a couple of like attractions. You know, they have all these pools and stuff. There's like a wave pool and we're like, okay, let's, we'll, we'll do that stuff. That's no problem. We can literally just hop in, um, later. Let's just do all the stuff with, with lines as much as we can. So we see a line for this one ride. I don't remember the names or anything. And it was, it seemed like it was relatively short. So we get in this line and little do we know this, the, uh, it's like a raft ride. I don't know how that, how many people are, there are either two people or four people per raft, but it seems like it was going so slowly. So like this line, which had like, like 60 people in front of us, 
It took like an hour and a half to actually like what? make it up the stairs. Yeah, dude, it took a long time. The uh, the people that were in front of us, there was a guy with his daughter and there was uh, a guy with his two daughters behind us. Both of them started making conversation with us. And so we were we were probably just like sitting there by ourselves, like just chatting amongst ourselves for like 45 minutes. And then all of a sudden these guys started talking to us. And uh, that that made the time just move a little bit quicker. And so we get to the top of the stairs, right? And we're like maybe 10, 15 people away from getting our chance to go. And we just hear this huge uh, rumble of thunder. Oh, no. And they were like, all right, guys, we got to shut it down. Everyone, everyone head down the stairs. And it was like, that's so incredibly disappointing. Again, yeah. like I said, this, I'd never been to a water park before. I've never been on a, on a, on a, a slide or a ride or anything like that at a water park. So the thunder, it was just like, it was like something out of like a TV show or movie. Um, so we headed down it, at this point, it's like three o'clock. Like we, we'd literally been in line for like an hour and a half. So at this point it's three o'clock and we're just wondering, is it even worth it to hang around? Because you see like in the distance, these like really ominous clouds and you can see how much it's raining, you know, it's just like super hazy underneath these clouds. And it, it's hard to tell whether it's going to be coming here or not and whether the thunder would go away. So we're like kind of lollygag- lollygagging for a little bit. And we decided, you know what, let's, uh, let's leave. They had a, uh, a rain guarantee. So if it rained, you could get a voucher to come back on any time within 30 days. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll do that. Disappointing, but we'll do that. Um, and we'll come back like Monday or Tuesday. Now, the thing that did suck was you don't get a refund on the parking or the locker rental. The parking cost 22 bucks and the locker rental cost $15. So we lost $37 what? straight up like that. Uh, we did get. That's exorbitant, it, dude. It's insane. The fact that a locker costs fifteen dollars is just ridiculous. Um, so we we did get Dippin' Dots, um, uh, banana split. It was delicious. Loved it. Um, and we headed to uh, St. Pete Beach from there to uh, to check into Serata, where we'd be staying for the rest of the trip. I can't. I feel like we went. I feel like we did go to the beach that day. I think we went out to the beach for a little bit and. Afterward, we had to we headed to this restaurant called Basil Leaf. Just picked up some. Uh, what did we get? I don't even remember what we ate that night. From I don't remember what we ate from there, but um, we just we got takeout. We we did a lot of walking, so pretty much everywhere that we ate from this point on was along the St. Pete Beach. Um, like it's like Gulf Street, I think is the name of the road. It's like their main street, and um, we just like picked up food and, and did a lot of walking up and down that street. So we brought it back to our back to our hotel, watched several more episodes of Americans before going to sleep. <laughs> the next day <laughs> the next day we uh we went to this restaurant called Skitters for breakfast. We both got uh frittatas. I got a uh a gyro gyro, a gyro frittata, oh, which was delicious. A gyro. Uh, everyone has a different everyone calls it something different. So I'm gonna just give them all. Uh, and then uh we went to this juicing place. So Lena Lena's been making a lot of green juices lately. And she was having a bit of withdrawal. So we headed over to this place, got a couple of, got a few juices. I can't even remember what was in all of them, like cucumber, celery, um, apples, kale, spinach. Uh, that was, I think that was the one that was in mine. I think that's what was in mine, but hers had like, she got a, she got two and her second one had like lemon. Uh, I think it had red apples. Mine, mine had a Granny Smith. I can't remember what the rest, what, what else her ha- hers had. But um, those were good just to like, again, help with the help with that, uh, the vegetable challenge, just trying yep. to make sure that we were staying on top of the vegetable game. Then we hit the beach for a couple hours. 
which was like just like super relaxing. We did get we did get a little sunburnt though. Um, you guys are you you guys can't you guys can't be messing around with that, dude. We we were uh, Lena. No one loves sunscreen more than Lena, so we actually applied a decent bit, but. Um, I guess we just we just missed a couple of spots. Like I missed a, I missed a couple of spots on my shoulder, um, wow. but I feel like mine's good. Like I don't even feel it. I don't feel it now. It was red. It was red that day and the next day, but it never it didn't peel and it doesn't. There's no pain right whatsoever with mine. But she she did get a little bit. Um, I I don't know if it's still painful. I didn't ask her about it today. Um, afterward, we decided to walk over to this restaurant, uh, Rick's Reese. No, sorry, Rick's Reef, and we got we got some fish and chips, and then we got we went over I to love this, fish and chips. Yeah, was it super salty? Uh the yeah yeah pretty salty. Why is that? I don't know. Why is that? You know why? Because fish is probably normally a little bit salty, and then when they, they make the batter, yeah, it's like a they might add just a touch too much salt, so like you're <laughs> adding salt to something that's already salty. Yeah, that's my thing with with fish and chips that if people can make it so that it's not too salty, then I'm a big fan of it, but yeah. people more often than not make it more salty than it needs to be. Lane, Lane is English, so every time she goes to England, visits her dad, the first thing that happens after he picks her up from the airport is uh, stop at the house, drop off her bags, get back in the car, and drive over to the spot for fish and chips. I can't remember the name of the place, but it's in Birmingham, England. And Does she get the brown sauce or the vinegar? She gets the vinegar. She loves the vinegar. Ah, oh, Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, Lena loves Lena loves the vinegar, but I'm not a huge fan of it myself. Um, Some people mix the vinegar and the brown sauce together, and that's horrific. oh, really interesting. You're, that's interesting. you're in one of two camps in my mind. I I, I don't. I and by that I mean you're either a brown sauce or, or vinegar, vinegar fan, but not both. Yeah, I like the brown sauce more. Yeah, um, in the spot in England, you can they'll they'll give you. Um, you can get no salt on it. Like they add the salt on at the very end. So it's okay. nice to have that option at least. The uh, salt is a very regional thing too. Oh, is it? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Um, I remember my brief time at, in Scotland that I was told that uh, some people are like, yeah, we don't put salt. Uh, we don't, we don't put sauce uh, in, in this part of the world. I'm sorry. And I was huh. like, oh, it's like that now, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So. Interesting. The more you know, huh? Yeah. Uh, so afterward, I think we, we ended up getting some ice cream, uh, some soft serve, which was way too soft because that, that melted, like, that melted as soon as they handed it to me. That thing was melting all over me. Oh, so that was God. a bit, that was a bit it's messy. It was a bit gross. of a, shouldn't have done it. I should have, I, I don't normally get a cone. But I feel like with soft serve, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the cone. That was a bad call. I should have just got it in a cup. That that would have been so much better. Um, anyway, we headed back. Watched probably, again, some more Americans. They'll be coming. You guys thing. love watching. I mean. We're just like binging. We're just binge watching a show. I wouldn't even say like it's the show in particular that we love. But it's just kind of like having that free time and having the availability. Because we've been in the middle of it. Like we've just been working our way slowly through it. And we probably, we easily watched over a season's worth of the show, which is 13 episodes, 13 hours worth of that show. So like when we're not on the, when we're not on the beach and we're not trying to be outside and eating, we're probably in our room and you can be sure that we were watching Americans. 
You guys love watching TV on your vacations. <laughs> you guys like sometimes. You guys do this uh, sometimes. Sometimes. I feel like yeah. I, we hear about this on every trip that like no. you guys. You didn't are hear about this in it. LA. No. No. You not guys even, weren't. Not you even guys in weren't South in Africa. Like, in like movie, uh, you guys don't like just go to the hotel and like just like watch it. Like what's on TV? We did watch a little HGTV. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, when we're like when when you're not when you're not trying to focus on anything, we watch a little of like House Hunters. Yeah. All right, all right. I just wanted to. You just wanted to point to, it out. I got it. Yeah, I got we're it. Just fact checking. Look, we're look, fact I'm checking just, over I'm just, here. I'm just saying. Yeah, can't, can't spend all the time in the sun. We did a lot of Maury, walking. Maury proved that to be a lie. <laughs> we did a lot of we did a lot of hanging out on the beach, spending time like spending time in the sun, just like like literally taking it in. But we also did a ton of walking. Like up and down the strip. I don't know what you want to call it. Up and down the beach. It wasn't really the beach, that road. And, uh, and then came back to the room and, and chilled. We, uh, went to this place called Tropical Smoothie Cafe. We actually, there was, there was one really close to my parents' house, um, on 202. You know where the, the five guys used to be? Like yes. by the Glen Eagle, which yep. isn't even there anymore. This place was right there. Um, they had like fruit smoothies. And so we used to go there a decent bit, but they closed down. Um, and so there is one that's like 20, 30 minutes away from our place, but obviously it's not really worth it to go there. So well, Florida, though, they have a ton of them. And so we decided to head over there for dinner, get a couple of smoothies. It was kind of weird, though, because I think they were supposed to close at 9. We got there like at 8.30. And we pull up, and there's no one in the parking lot. Like, the parking lot's empty, uh, at least the spots in front of the store. Um one of the lights was off, but the light, the, the, the open sign was on, but there was nobody in the store, like no one behind the counter and like, and half the store was just like unlit. And so we're like, shoot, like they're closed. Like they closed early. So we're like, all right, let's, uh, let's find another one. So there was another one, like three, four miles away that was supposed to close later. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to just go check the door just in case real quick. Like I want to see the hours and the hours say not, and I pull in the door and the door opens. So oh. as soon as the door opens, two people come out the back. Um, then, you know, Lana comes out, we make the order and whatever. But, uh, yeah, anyway, we go back to the place, eat. And at that point, we realized late, I remembered, like, I wanted to see what the hours were for Adventure Island. So the reason why we didn't want to go to, so I didn't, I didn't mention this. Um, we were going to go to Adventure Island either Monday or Tuesday to make up for the rain day, right? And we were going to go earlier just so we can get a full day. Um, so I go to the, uh, I, I think it was supposed to rain there on Monday. So we decided we'll just go there on Tuesday. Um, I don't know what made me do this, but I went to their website and maybe I was just trying to figure out the app, like uh, how far it was going to be from our hotel. And Google goes, Oh, they're, they're, they're closed. They're going to be open up on Thursday. I'm like, wait, come again. They're closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So what? yeah, they closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So the $50 that we paid per person, the $100 that we paid total went to waste. We basically just took $100. We were like, here, here, Adventure Island, you guys yeah. can have our money. And, and then also the $37 on the parking and the, and the, 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 the locker rental also just gave away. So, uh, yeah, that was a bit disappointing. At that point, I was like, all right, well, Tuesday, cause we were planning the whole time that we were going to be going to Adventure Island and we would leave, we would leave relatively early. So. We got Tuesday back. Uh, we went to this place, Cafe Solil, for breakfast. Uh, just like chilled outside, ate. 
had a bunch of coffee and then we hit the beach again for a while. Uh, uh, this is like the time when I think this is the day that I was telling you I was trying to do the Fortnite challenges while tethering my phone to the internet playing on the beach and it was impossible to see. So I was like, this is just stupid. Um, <laughs> um, then we drove over, um, like a bit later to, uh, the, the tip of the island and we got burgers and just like walked up and down the beach there for a while. After that, I guess, I think we, oh, after that, we went back to the hotel and then we did more walking. We walked out to the, to uh, another place to make up for the ice cream situation that we had the day before with the, the, the soft serve melting all over us. And we went to like a legit ice cream spot, um, and got, get, got some ice cream there. And then the next day was the last day, Wednesday. So we got up at like, I think checkout was at noon. And so we wanted to get a little bit out of the day. So we think we, what we set our alarms for like eight, eight a.m. Um, and we got down to the pool by like eight forty-five, nine at the latest and hung out there for another couple hours. Um, laid out on the, laid out on like the chairs and then went swimming for a while. Uh, at that point, you know, we had to get up and leave. So, um, drove, drove over to the airport, stopped at another first watch for breakfast or for brunch really. And then caught our flight home. Wow. That was it. That was, it. That was the trip. There I'm sorry to hear that adventure time palace <laughs> not what it was billed to be well funny funny thing about this so we had the the vouchers that are good for 30 days and those could be transferred to anybody else so we were going to send them to her sister because her sister lives in orlando and we're like maybe she would be able to get maybe maybe she would be able to get some use out of it i can't remember what the damn tickets are sandy Oh, well, you, so you really messed up then. Yeah, yeah, may have messed up a little bit. I mean, like, had, had it actually worked for Tuesday, like, had we actually gone, we would have been able to find them, cause they would have been somewhere in the, in the room or in our bags or something. I haven't looked for them since we, since we left. So you're um, really trying to give it to, to the sister, huh? Like, you're really doing a good job of this. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look through my bags a little bit, but I just can't remember where I would have put it. I feel like I would have taken it out of my pocket and left it in the room, but you know, I looked through the room when we were leaving to see if there was anything that we lo- that we left. You know, we were pretty thorough about it, so I don't know, like if it fell on the floor, fell under the bed, and I missed it. I don't know. Anyway, that was the trip. It was good. It was really relaxing, and uh, tomorrow we're leaving to drive to Indianapolis for a wedding on Saturday, and uh, there's not really too much to talk about. Uh, Relating to that, we did talk about well, it last week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? What? There's what? a there's a very important question to ask, and that's this. Okay. Are you going to listen to Kevin Hart's audio book again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not sure about that one. That's surprising. Um, what are you going to listen to? Do you know? No, I never got I never got an audio book to listen to. Um, I did start listening to uh, Dan Carlin's most recent episode of Hardcore History. How um, good is it? Supernova in the East. I like it a lot. I, I think, oh, uh, I think on my, my on my driving, um, on my legs of driving, I'll be listening to that. Tell the people what it's about and don't skip on the details, please. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, hold on. Let me, let me tell you how far I am because I'm not very far into this. I am, uh, I think I'm about, I think I'm maybe like half an hour into it and it's a four and a half hour long episode. 
but I'll just read. I'll, I will read the episode summary from uh, the from the podcast itself. The Asia Pacific War of 1937 to 1945 has deep roots. It also involves a Japanese society that's been called one of the most distinctive on Earth. If there were a Japanese version of Cap- Captain America, this would be his origin sto- story. So all I, all he's talked about at this point that I've listened to is kind of uh, is discussing Japanese culture. Uh, talking a bit about like world, uh, so the, the soldiers who were found in the Philippines who were just like killing people like 20 or 30 years after World War II ended. And, and like why those soldiers, why those people felt a certain way. Basically saying how at the time, at the time during World War II, the entire Japanese society was basically like, the only way that Japanese will that, that that Japan would surrender is if the entire Japanese people were killed, and they would keep fighting until it was the it was until there were none of them left. And so it's he's just been trying to explain. He was trying to explain what what society was like um, at that time, and then kind of um, explaining the culture, explaining how that how that viewpoint was uh, came to be. So yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty interesting so far, but I have a whole for lot sure. left. It's yeah. definitely a good prologue. It's amazing um, that he'll tell a four and a half hour story, and it's just a prologue. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. You, you read uh, Ghost of the Ostfront, right? Or listened to Ghost of the Ostfront? Um, I don't think so. You should listen to that. Um, I think I don't. I mean, I know that Elena won't really appreciate it. But it's like a five-episode piece about the Soviets fighting the Nazis. And that is a brutal story, dude. Yeah, I did not hear that one. I will, um, I'll see if I can get that. I'll send it to you. I th- yeah, I think you, you may have sent it to me already. So I need to yeah. go back and see. I know I have some episodes on one of my computers somewhere. Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, it's definitely, what's it called? Uh, I, you just look in our Google Drive. It should still all be in there. Okay. I'll if check not, it out. If not, let me know. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm sorry to miss you again this weekend, but I mean, I'm not doing anything this weekend outside of running 15 miles on uh, on Saturday. How exciting. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> Last weekend, I ran 14 miles in the middle of the... We had a crazy thunderstorm, like a lightning and thunderstorm where it started downpouring. Like really? the, the rain was coming down like somebody was pouring a bucket out of the sky. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Well, yeah, keep keep telling me. I got a story that I remembered that I need to tell you about the trip, too, relating to a okay. storm. Yeah. So it was like seven miles in, and I'm like halfway through the run. I'm that just sounds miserable. Myself. It was miserable. Uh, I actually had to go to the bathroom and pee real quick. Uh, and then I was seeing all these other runners just stand in there. I go, well, I don't want to stand in here for too long because then my 14-mile run doesn't count as a 14-mile run. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. two seven-mile runs, and two seven-mile runs are a drastically different feel than one 14-mile run. So I just got, I went back out there. Uh, I actually flipped my hat around. I normally run with my hat backwards uh, just so that it feels like it pulls a sweat down my back. Uh, sometimes gotcha. I feel like, you know, when I wear it the, the regular way, it's just uh, – it pulls like it sort of slashes me in the face. Yeah. But what the, this time, what I had to do was pull the cap really low over my eyes, 
and then take my glasses off and I was just running and it got to a point where I just run through like ankle deep puddles I just wouldn't give a shit I just kept running because my shoes were soaked already right like, yeah. like it gets to a point where like there, there, there's no more like you can't get any more wet at this point uh, what is nice though is that it cooled me off so that I was able to do it again um, but let me tell you something it, you really find out who is like super uh, who's dedicated out there because like I wasn't the only one that was like running out there like there was uh, a few other runners that was like that, were, that would still be going and it was uh, it was tough man I, I, I kind of like hope that it rains again this weekend um, just so that I can start to manage some of these longer runs my friend did say that uh, I need to start incorporating some bridge runs, like running over bridges into other, uh, what's it called, other burrows, because the bridges are have like really, they're like really long, uh, and they're uh, like the ascent up is serious, and I have to start doing that on like my twenty plus mile runs. So I might do that for for those, which is in like three weeks, I think. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, tell me the story about uh, the thing. Oh, right. Yeah. So just real quick. Um, the first night that we were, that we were staying in Serata, this is a uh, Sunday night. Uh, it's like, I think at this point it must have been like 1 a.m. or so, 2 a.m. And I, and I'm asleep and all of a sudden I just hear this huge rumble of thunder and it woke me up. And I'm just like, and I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty deep sleeper. So I feel like, I feel like if something's waking me up, it's pretty loud. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's, that's literally how I woke up. Like, holy shit. What was that? And, and like, I look over at Lena and she's just like, mm. I'm like, you know, do you hear that? And she just kind of like falls asleep. The whole, like the rain that was coming down, cause we were on the top floor. So the rain that was coming down on the roof above us was just ridiculously loud. The thunder that just kept happening. I was, I was just laying in bed for like 20 minutes awake just as this storm is going on. And Lena's like, not, not that. I'm like, how? This is a woman who will like wake up. If I like, if I go to bed after her and I just like slightly open the door and maybe the door creaks a little bit, she's up. She's like, what's going yeah. on? But I did like, not know that the wrath of God is happening outside. And she's, and she's just knocked out. She goes, now nah, we're good. We good. Yeah. I, everything, I everything's fine. Everything's fine. She's like, the, she's like the dog in that, in that everything is fine comic where, yeah. where everything's burning around him and he's just sitting there. It's like, yeah, nah, right. it's all good. Anyway, that's all. Yeah. Um, I want to talk real quick for the last few minutes about uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, that movie came out on Wednesday, and uh, Carol and I went to go see it. Now, what's funny is this is a big deal um, for many reasons. Uh, one, Asian representation in Hollywood is sort of usually reduced to the stereotypical you're either a nerd or you're like a bookworm, or if you're a girl, you're like that exotic, like oversexed, uh, like exotic girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and the men are like totally emasculated. Um, the first time in Hollywood history when there was like an all fe- all Asian cast was a Joy Luck Club twenty five years ago. And so this is the the first movie since that movie to have featured all Asian cast. What's great about this movie is you don't see. You basically don't see any white people uh, for like 99% of the movie. Like it's a fully Asian story, which is nice, which, yeah. which I think is great. Um, the uh, 
it so it came out on Wednesday, and the uh, the opening weekend for this is technically Wednesday to Sunday. Now, first thing you got to know is this: the Rotten Tomato score for this movie is currently sitting at ninety two percent, certified fresh. Uh, 117 reviews counted, 108 of them are fresh, 9 are rotten, and the audience score is at a 95%. That's rating. Well. Yeah, average rating of 4.7 out of 5, 1,858 user ratings are in. Now, the critics' consensus is this. With a terrific cast and a surfeit of visual razzle-dazzle, Crazy Rich Asians takes a satisfying step forward for screen representation while deftly drawing inspiration from the classic and still effective rom-com formula. Um, now, what's, other, what's also interesting is if you go to Box Office Mojo and you take a look at what they are saying. So they're saying that, is Crazy Rich Asians looking at a Crazy Rich opening weekend? Um, they're saying that Let's see. It, originally, Warner Brothers was anticipating a $29 million five-day opening. But given the hype, the strong reviews, and the data that Box Office Mojo is looking at, they're expecting a larger result. And they're saying at this point, a $30 million five-day feels like the floor. And a five-day pushing towards $40 million doesn't seem like it's totally out of reach. The film already had a little money in its coffers thanks to Sneak... Sneaks held in early August where it reported it brought in anywhere from 450 to 500K from 354 locations. Um, and they're saying, you know, a five-day approaching 35 million feels like a safe bet. And we're ready for it to pop even higher, which is really, really good. And so I was very excited to spend actual money uh, to support this movie. Um, it was funny. We, were, we saw it at Lincoln Center. And I'm sitting around and I brought Carolyn with me. And I go, where are all the Asian people? Because there was like a couple, there was like a big, big group of obviously Caucasian people. There was actually a, uh, a decent amount of African Americans in the theater as well. But what was funny was I was being a little bit extra. Anytime there was an interracial couple between like an Asian dude and a white girl, which happened to be a ton of them, I'd be like, "We out here." I literally just said out loud, "We out here," and then uh, I'm just sitting there like, putting their heads <laughs> down. That's how I do. I put my and, head down. I'll, yeah, and Carol trying to like, call me out. Carolyn's like, you, "You're an idiot." Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, yeah, uh, the movie had about eight uh, previews, which I wanted to, to kill myself in by the fourth one. Uh, I will say though that Harry Golding, the actor who plays the the main male love interest in Crazy Rich Asians, actually is going to be in another movie with uh, Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick, which those two together makes it an automatic watch for me. Uh, but Henry, uh, Her- I think it's Henry Golding, or Harry Golding, I should know his name. Um, he plays the husband, Reza, of Blake Lively. So you're telling me that the because la- the last time we saw someone like this happen, it was the Korean dude who was playing the Japanese dude in Fast Five. You remember at the end where he gets Gal Gadot? Yep. Like he. You love that part. That- Oh, dude, it's it's such an important moment in that. And they kill him in the next movie. I, don't don't get me started on this. Don't get you, me started. On this. You got no no glory time. All I'm well, all all the glory that we saw was when he's driving on the Audubon and Gal Gadot <laughs> is hooking up with him in his lap. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I remember watching that with with Earl, and we both were like hooting and hollering in the movie theater. This is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so so Reza, we, we, now we've come to the part where. Harry Golding is now 
married to Blake Lively, who I think is like she's got that old school Hollywood look to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she's got like that forties, fifties look to her, like classic old glamour Hollywood. So I'm just saying, if, if listen, if we're now comfortable with the fact that an Asian male can basically marry someone that looks like Blake Lively, I mean, we out here, Reza. We out here. <laughs> we out here it, so good. It's... Anyways. Let me let me get to the actual movie because I feel okay. like I've spent a lot of time discussing things that are not really related to the movie. <laughs> the movie's good. I've read the book. And by read the book, I mean I listened to the book. And what they had to do was they had to strip away a lot of the side characters because in the book, it's they do a they basically do a Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. They did a Game of Thrones thing where every chapter is a different character, and okay. so there's a lot of characters, and it can be hard to keep track. Um, and so I think what they did was they did a really good job of stripping the story down to its bare essentials of just the mom, Constance Wu, the uh, the American born, not the American born, but the you know, basically the ABC China uh, girl, and then the dude. And it, what's nice is this story. Play, spoiler alert: Are you gonna watch this movie? Yeah, hundred percent. All right. So so then let me. All right, all right cool. Let me let me let me let me let me bring it back. Right. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, couple of things. Uh. Her best friend, Aquafina, steals the movie. She is laugh out loud hysterical. Um, there's a lot of great shots of like food, which I think you might appreciate. Um, there's a lot of great shots of like luxury opulence, which I think they could have done even a little bit more of, but I'm glad that you could see, you know, uh, a different kind of immigrant story. You know what I mean? Like, cause, most of the times you hear these immigrant stories like Brooklyn and all that stuff. It's like poor immigrants trying to make it in America, right? Yeah. But these people are doing better than your average American. There's this joke that they say like, you got to eat your food. They're starving kids in America. Which I thought was a very fun turn on that, you know? Because yeah. normally it's like there's starving people in India or China. It's like, no, no, no. These people are, are like, they're the 1% of the 1%. You know, the, 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 the level of money that they have is something that you can't even think about here. So they're actually crazy rich. They're actually me. crazy rich Asians. It's, it's nuts how crazy rich they are. I didn't know they were crazy rich. Like, I, I know that's what it's called, but I didn't know they were really like, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking like middle class. Like, I thought we were talking like middle upper class. No, we're talking like billionaires. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you're going to notice a lot of people. Oh. You should stay for the end credit scene. Um, a, there is one. B, it's not really the end credit scene. It's like the mid credit scene. After you see like the first five names go by, they they show you a little something. So definitely stay for that. There's nothing okay. after that though. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can't stand post credit scenes, man. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's too much. It's too much lot. these days. But well, I'll, especially I'll stay. when you watch like a like a Marvel movie and you got to sit yeah. through all the uh, the uh, the FX people. And you're just yeah. like, I mean, I know you guys did a killer job, but like. There's a lot of you guys. I like to just like look at random names. I just like read random names around just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, because yeah. got nothing better to do. <laughs> um, they do a really good job of showing the filial piety that the Asian culture has. They do well. It's a, there's a lot of discussion between what you want to do as a child and what your family obligations are. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job of showing the importance of tradition within families. Um, 
I don't mean I'm, I'm sort of going out on a limb here, but you know, a lot of like American culture is unfortunately muted because everyone's a mutt, right? Like when you ask people, like, oh, where you're from, where your family from, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm part German, I'm part Irish, I'm part, you know, Italian, right. I'm part Swedish. It's like, and, and a lot of people don't have one like aspect of their culture really stick through or shine through. Now, granted, you have like, you know, your strong Italians, you have your strong, you know, whatever's. And that's always great, right? Because then you get to really experience, you know, some some really great cultures from around the world, especially through food, right? Food's some of the great communicators of culture that's like easily transferable. It, it always comes back to food, you know. I think the, one of the most fundamental things about the Chinese culture is how important meals are, and the way that Chinese people dine is always family style. You know, there's you don't get your own dish, you know, and, and the fact that the lazy susan was created and shared with the world it just meant that like you know it's a very communal experience yeah um but what this movie does really well is show like a different kind of drama in a rom-com mostly it's like you know like rom-coms like it's usually like the girl is like down and out she's looking for love or like she's looking to, like better her world like this girl's doing pretty well for herself already um and it's about like making sure that both people are happy. Uh, the music is phenomenal in this movie. There's a lot of old school Chinese songs like uh, Canto and Mandarin songs that I mean, obviously you wouldn't know, but growing up I heard over and over and over again. So yeah, there's this one scene where like the mom and the son are talking, and they're basically like upstairs in a bedroom because you know they're, he's changing a shirt or whatever. And then in the background, it's almost like, you know, like, oh, like, what if the party was downstairs and you heard them play, like, music? I was basically focused on the song the entire time because I was like, dude, I grew up listening to this song and it was played in every supermarket you walked into. Um, so it was like little touches like that are great. And also, like, a lot of American pop songs are, they show, like, the, they basically play the Chinese cover of it in a way or the Chinese take on it. Um, you know that YouTube star, Kina Granis? Maybe she's like a half uh, Asian uh, artist. She's in the movie. Uh, what else? There's a it's couple hard for of me to keep up with YouTube people these days. Everyone's famous on YouTube she, now. No, she's OG YouTube though. She's been there for like ten I years. I see. Now. So maybe I have seen her then. Yeah, name's um, not ringing a bell at least right now though. Yeah, all good. What else can I tell you? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good things about showing the Asian culture in a way that makes sense to an Asian person. I think a lot, we've all experienced these tugs on sort of our uh, on ourselves with our families. There's a there's a little joke about, you know, uh, guilt tripping your kids and that it's like something that like Asian parents do like a phenomenal job of and they make a joke about that. There's yeah. also a joke about like the reason why, you know, Chinese families stay together for so long, even through old age, with like, you know, making sure that your grandparents are connected to your parents or connected to you, connected to your, you know, your grandkids and all that sense is, uh, is the main difference between, uh, is one of the main differences between Eastern culture and Western culture. And that's why in the Western culture, like, kid, that's why kids put their parents in retirement homes. Right. You know, that's always been a big thing. Like, you would never, that's not something you do. You know what I mean? Um, well, that's not something that you would look to do outside of uh, a need to do it for health reasons. Right, right. 
Um, overall, I gave I said uh, I gave this movie like a eight and a half out of ten. Okay. Um, it's definitely a fun movie. It's a two-hour movie, uh, so it's a little long. You know, it's a little bit long for a rom-com. I think a rom-com hits a like a tight, I'd say like eighty to a hundred and eighty to a hundred minutes. You know what I mean? Like a like a ninety-minute movie is is a sweet spot for it. Um, I think having read the book, you expect it a little bit more. Um, once you watch it, I'd love to get your take on it, and then we can sort of revisit this. I don't know if I'll rewatch this movie. I think that could be an interesting take. Just like watch it again to see if I missed anything the first time around. I might also just charge Movie Pass a ticket of this, just to like you know, boost the sales of it. Yeah. You, know, you got to do your duty. You got to do your duty. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm definitely gonna be in there. Um, I'm. I, I know we've talked about it in the past. Maybe it was when we were talking about Moonlight, but I think we had talked about. Like representation in Hollywood. No, it was when we were talking about Black Panther. We were talking about representation in Hollywood. And I was saying how, while I know that it's like a big deal, um, when you have a lot, like a major, like a, a primarily black cast and showing Hollywood and the rest of the world, like, hey, you can have a, you can have a black cast and still make a successful movie. It's really good. It's really good to see other cultures getting their say or getting getting their turn and and just having again another moment where they like you were saying if they're blowing past their initial projections then hopefully you get movies like this more in the future where it's not like it, it i don't even know where to say it starts and i'm not even necessarily saying that a movie has to be all one uh uh one race just more diversity more people more people in leading roles not like that not like that silly, oh, this is the tech person who's been exactly. for like two minutes and makes that little silly comments here and there. No, like they can be a primary role. They can, they can be married to somebody who's not their same, that not the same race. Like that is the world that we live in. And it's really nice to see because while I'm sure a lot of people don't think of it this way because it's not, it's not something that they've ever had to really think about as someone who's not white. It's kind of, it can be difficult to kind of see yourself as the, as like the hero in a movie, you know? Like when you're watching, when you're watching like, like a Captain America type person in, in World War II, I can't see myself being Captain America because, right. because <laughs> there's no shot in the world that, that a black person would be picked for that type of experiment, you know? Like that's just how, that's just, that's just how it is. Just, that's just how it was. Um, but when you're watching a movie like, say like John Wick, for example, like that could be anybody, right? Like you could put like Denzel in that role, or let's say like I guess Equalizer, you could have that, right? Um, I'm just saying like it it can be like sometimes you like to picture yourself as being the as being that hero, as being that main character, and maybe not being yourself, but someone who looks like you. When it is yeah. someone that looks like you, that so, someone who not obviously identical to you, but who, someone who looks like you has a sims skin tone as you is the same gender as you whatever it may be it can just be a little more um captivating i guess yeah it's uh i think it's one of those things where it's hard to empathize with if you've never uh been in this position and so it's tough because like it's unfortunately it's like it, a lot of these conversations end up becoming like an us versus them Right. type of uh, confrontational uh, standpoint but 
what's more interesting to note is that it's like interesting stories come from all backgrounds. Yeah. And so there was this joke. Remember like all of the uh, the fuss about uh, when Scarlett Johansson was cast for Ghost in a Shell? Yes. Uh, that's sort of unacceptable because there are a ton of Asian actresses who can play that role. And then she was cast in another movie for another Asian role. And so somebody, I think, uh, I should look up her, uh, the actress real quick. But uh, the one of the actresses who plays uh, Astrid, I mean, the only actress, actress, I'm sorry, that plays Astrid in Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. she was doing like a AMA for like Vogue or Vanity Fair. And yeah. somebody asked her, like, who would you want to have, who would you, what actress would you want to play you in your biography or biopic? And she goes, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and then, like, everyone was just, like, all these, like, Asian actors, yeah. actors and actresses were just, like, laughing about it. And I was just like, yeah. yeah, like, this is, it's a joke, you know what I mean? Like, when you think about, like, the world, like, world of cinema around the world, how, like, Bollywood cranks out, like, ten times more movies. Right. And, like, you know, Hong Kong cinema has been around since, you know, forever, and people be like, oh, my favorite movie is the, the, the Departed. It's like, you know there's a better version of The Departed out there, right? Like, there is a version. Because The Departed is basically a port of the movie Infernal Affairs from Hong Kong cinema. And the great thing about Infernal Affairs is at the end of Infernal Affairs, the, black, the bad guys win. Like, how different does The Departed take come out if... Mark Wahlberg doesn't find out about Matt Damon at the end. Right. You know, that Matt Damon actually comes out on top. That he is sort of like, not only... Because after he kills... Uh, what's his face? Uh, the the boss. Uh, Jack Nicholson, right? Like, after he kills Jack Nicholson, like, wouldn't it be interesting if he was a senior member of the... Not only the police force, but also the head of the gang. Right. That'd be an interesting play. Anyways... Yeah. Um, so yeah, all that all that being said, like uh, you know, it's it's nice to see people that look like you uh, on screen, and then it helps that you can start to visualize yourself in a in a role like that. Yeah, I feel like it's it almost all like starts in like the production in the writers' room. Almost like uh, I think it was the episode of. Uh, this week on with uh, David Letterman, his uh, mm-hmm. Netflix show, uh, when he had Tina Fey on it, I think Tina Fey was saying how when she was uh, writing for SNL, there were jokes where, like, there there were there were jokes that only a woman could write, or maybe only a woman would think is funny, and if you were to pitch that joke. If she, like she, if she were to pitch that joke when she was the only woman in the room, there would be no laughs. But over time, as more women enter the room, if she would pitch the joke, she would get a decent laugh because most of the women would find it funny. Right. I feel like this goes, you know, it, it extends beyond comedy. Like it's just something that you don't think about, you wouldn't even consider because it's not something that you would ever think about because this is not your point. This is not your point of reference, and so. Yeah, like if you if 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 a movies are being cast, if they're being written, you know, primarily by one race, by one gender, that's most likely who's going to be in your movie because maybe you're not thinking about maybe you had just 
it's just not a thought in your it doesn't cross your mind yeah exactly um it's just really nice to see people that look like you on tv yeah. and, and the movies in that's a way more. that's like not uh in one of your typecast roles yeah and especially when coming out of hollywood too like not like it doesn't have to be coming out of of china you know exactly um What's, uh, what's also interesting is, like, you know, we were talking about, well, I brought up earlier about the emasculation of Asian males in cinema. Yeah. There's, like, a whole history of, like, why that happened or whatever. A lot of it coming from World War II. Um, and also, like, uh, sort of the Boxer Rebellion and all that shit. But, uh, they do a, re- they do place an emphasis on, like, the male physique in this movie. So that the main love interest and, like, a couple of other dudes are, like, basically rocking six packs. And like trying to, you know, create this image of a, the Asian male sex symbol, which yeah. I think is also a smart business move, right? Because like Asians are the ones spending money around the world right now, and you see like all this stuff with like Hollywood, like starting to do a little bit more in fashion, doing a little bit more to like speak to Asian audiences because those are the people that are spending the money, right? So like it doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter what American tastes are. Or at least it's not starting to matter, like being the sole uh, reason to, to set taste around the world. A lot of it's like, well, what do Asian people like? Because if they're right. the ones where the money is, then I don't really give two shits about you guys. It was like, it, was, it reminds you of this, like, last story I'll tell us. Like, there's this, uh, I forget what brand it was. It might be Uniqlo, but they're like a, like a fast fashion brand, right? And they've got, you know, stores all over the world. And they came under flack because they came out with like a, I think it was a size double zero or triple zero. And like Americans were like outraged. Like, you know, you're, you've got like such unfair, unrealistic, you know, depictions or expectations of what women should be. Then you realize when you go to China, dude, that like the smalls that we wear are larges out there. So it's like, no, dude, the reason why we made this isn't to, like, fat shame you guys. It's because we have people who legitimately can't wear smalls because it'll look like a goddamn apron on them. Right. So anyways, that's uh, – what I'm trying to say is go see Crazy Rich Asians. You let me know how it is and don't talk to me until, you see it, until you've seen it. Well, it might take a few days. Uh, so I guess I'll be talking to you in a few days then. Yeah, right. I'm also uh, trying to see Black Klansman. That's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I'm also excited to see that. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I know you've got to get out of here. We've got to pack still. So uh, let's uh, let's get out of here. All right. Sounds good. I'm Russell. Right. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.